Welcome to The Horse, a show hosted by longtime Yukoners Dan Bushnell and Jenny Hamilton. On this show, we talk to a diverse collection of people about living in the Yukon, what brought them here, why they stay or have left, but mostly, we like to talk about what truly makes them tick. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show coming to you from the Yukon's capital, Whitehorse, or as it's known to the locals, The Horse. Oh my God, as I probably have mentioned on this podcast before, I'm a fan of hip hop. Yes. But what I really like is clever lyrics. Right. Right. And I I like them when they're smart. I like them when they're funny. But um, the first Bloodhound Gang record, One Fierce Beer Coaster. Right. There were a lot of really clever little bits in there they're dirty and stupid yes well, but which they're I like but they're clever yes and um which is hard to fucking do by the way oh my god there's a line in one of the songs that says uh my name ain't quasimodo but i still got a hunch <laughs> that like the jim jones crew i'll take you out with one punch <laughs> that's see i love that Mwah. i love it yes. right like the yeah. double the double on tones yes i'll take it with one punch i was like right. come on I'm trying to write lyrics in the last That's week. some brilliant um, shit. It, yeah, not my shit. I'm just like, what the fuck have I done to myself? I love it. Well, I hopefully will by next March. Um, you can write, you know, yeah, honestly. I know. Like, I know. I know. It's just this is the first week where I was like, okay, I have to learn to act. I have to learn to sing. <laughs> I have to learn to fucking write a story. I, I have to relearn how to be funny. Now I'm writing lyrics. I'm like, who did? Oh, this is my idea. Yeah. What the fuck? You know what gets Why me Why do that? I not have an adult around me at all times when I say yes to shit? I'm waiting for the <laughs> moment that you just start speaking in songs. <laughs> oh, I, I have done that a couple you know? times at the grocery store. That's yeah. usually when you don't see Becky with me because she's taken the cart and fucked right off. Because oh, I like to turn it into a musical every That's the story while. of my life. Yes. And Sarah has... Like, I sing to the pets a lot. Yeah. And I was singing to my granddaughter a lot in New Brunswick. Nice. Did she give you that look like, what the fuck? No, she likes, like, there's a, okay, so here's a strange <laughs> phenomenon. Sarah, who can actually sing. Right. And, uh, like, has, you know, performed on yes. TV and blah, 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 right? And has, you know, been recorded multiple times and shit. Right. The grandchildren right. have actively stopped her from singing. Where they're like, don't sing. Right. Power ballads. Yeah, they'll down. Like, literally put their hand on her mouth, like, stop <laughs> singing. You know? And she sings beautifully. Right. And for whatever reason, mm -hmm. when I sing, they're like, yeah. They're like, that's that's the business. That's because she's a performer. And sometimes being in this room with like a powerful singer can be painful. I've been in a room with a few of them and you're like, but a dancing monkey like you and oh me, my God. that entertains everyone. When Willow started making pterodactyl-type sounds, <laughs> like where she was like real off-key, real warbly, right. and was clearly just singing, yeah. just making making noises, yeah. smiling away and, and going, right. right? And Layla's looked me dead in the eye and was like, this is because you sing to her. <laughs> 
this is what she thinks singing sounds like. Mm-hmm, right? This is because of you. Yes. And I was like, you're welcome. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair absolutely. Enough. But Sarah started singing mm-hmm. in a dopey voice. Right. Songs that I sing to the pets to the pets. Right. Because she's like, they seem to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, they do. But now I get to hear mm-hmm. what Sarah thinks I sound like. <laughs> Which is not at all entertaining to you well, at all. And it's not what I sound like in my head. No, I know. You know, so I'm just like, that's what I've been doing. Right. That's what the pets hear. Yes. That's what I did to my granddaughter for the last month. Perfect. And but they like it. Well, they seem to. Now I have seen a lot of pictures of your granddaughter Willow. Willow. Not one of them has she smiled. Willow. Which I fucking love. Let about me tell her. you, I was Willow like, is the queen of the forehead. Oh when you look at Willow, if you want to see what's going on with that girl, right. it is the deep, deep concentration in her forehead. Right. Yeah. So I'll tell you when she smiles. Okay. She smiles first thing in the morning. Yeah. When you wake her up, she's very happy to oh see you. Oh my God, she's a morning kid. Yeah. She's very happy to yes. see you. You talk to her in the morning. It doesn't matter what you're saying. She's right. like, she's this, like is, Yay, we made this it. is great. I'm really glad we're chatting, yeah. you know? And then... Every single time mm-hmm. I change her diaper, right? she actively laughs at me. Well, after, <laughs> oh my God, I think I love this kid even more. I yeah. Lo- yeah, I love the picture of her getting changed on a Mercedes Benz. Well. Wow. You'd like dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. And a white Mercedes. Yeah. This with one. green poop. Right. Like really. that was some, that was like. When people describe baby poop, that was quintessential baby shit. Yes. You know, and we're on the hood. Like, I was in the car. Did you know the owner? Well, the owner of the car was uh, Sarah's dad. (laughs) So Sarah's dad does not buy new cars. No. He's never bought them. Anyway. Willow. Anyways, I love this kid. I've never met her, but just from the pictures, I'm like, she's got that look of, oh, my God. Always, what am I? She's always where, thinking. What family? Always thinking and always concentrating and really like when someone does something, she really focuses and looks. Right. And you see it on her face. Right. She does smile and laugh a lot, but usually it's like in the context of she's either just woken up nice. or we're dealing with diaper. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like having to use the facilities and you're done. That makes you feel lighter and better. You know what? That's the thing. It's like as soon as you start somebody else is going to do it for you. She's thrilled. Yeah. No. And so Sarah's dad, like, we were having this thing where we were having conversations that if you didn't know the reality of that family, right, they sounded bougie as fuck. (laughs) Where you know we're like saying like her dad doesn't buy new cars. He never buys new cars. So that no, he's smart. Yeah, that Mercedes that he drives uh, is twelve years old. Right. It's a nice car. Yeah. He got a good deal on it. Oh, yeah. You know, but, um, you know, and, and the same thing with like uh, uh, his partner drives a Volvo. Right. And she wasn't going to buy a Volvo. Why? Um, Just because they were expensive. Yeah. And she was like, I can't I can't afford it. And then her son. Right. Was like, hey, I was talking to this childhood friend who, of course, had grown up with his mom and and was like. He told you he wants you to go buy the Volvo dealership. Right. And um, they got a car in that he thinks you're going to like. He wants to see if you like it. And if you do, you're going to get a great deal on it. Right. Right. So. And that's, you know, that's that's the. Yeah. That's the back east kind of way, you know. Yeah. It's the northern way, too. It's, you know, your buddy's it's looking sm- up it's for you. It's small town. It's small town. It's small town. Yeah. You know, and um, 
but we were having these conversations where like, oh, uh, we ordered that lobster. Someone needs to run into town and pick up the lobster. Right. Oh, okay, I'll go. Uh, should I take the Volvo or the Mercedes? <laughs> right. And it's just, and then you hear what you just said, and you're like, huh? Huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But then, I mean, you know, then like, yeah, it's not a fancy crew, people. No. They they buy uh, like lobster. There is way cheaper. Well, yeah, because it's right there. It's right there, yeah. and they buy it from this place. They've been buying it from forever. Yeah. Who gives it to them at a really good good price? Yeah. And if you call ahead, they'll boil it for you because oh. they got a big boiler. Nice. And we always get them to boil it because they do a great fucking job. Right. And then you don't have to deal with all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we pick up, we pick up, uh, we basically buy a lobster per person. Nice. And then an extra one to make stuff out of the next day. Exactly. You know, but it was, it was lovely. Nice. It was lovely. And yeah. Like, and less expensive than you'd think. Oh, exactly. You know, but I mean, it sounds bougie as fuck. It does. My mom grew up in Nova Scotia and lobster was what the poor people ate. Well, mussels and PEI was what the poor people ate. That's there's like yeah. all these these references to that uh, in New Brunswick. And there was a book written that said um, the I believe the title of the book was Don't Let Them Smell the Lobster Cooking. Right. And it was the thing that you got teased about. When you went to school, yeah. if you had a lobster sandwich. Right. Because lobsters were things that just crawled up on the beach and you could walk over and pick them up. Right. Right. Like it wasn't a gourmet thing. It wasn't something that was sought out. It was a sea bug that was really easy to catch. Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of great cooking. Like if you look at gullet cooking in, in the Carolinas, it was, you know, slaves. Yeah. I was... But their food, their cuisine is amazing. And it was just what was left to them or what they could forge. And yeah, no, some not, of the best food on the planet. Well, like, if you look at the way that food went, it makes sense that the best food comes out of places of poverty. Right. Because when you're working with minimal, yeah. you can do everything you can to make it good. Yes. Right. Yeah. When you've got everything, you don't care. It doesn't matter because yeah. you've got everything. Yeah. So the people that got creative and started doing more were people that were coming from poverty. Yes. You know, and um, yeah, and I think it's reflected in so much cooking. Yes. Like the flavors of flavors too. A lot of flavors that we associate with uh, with certain cultures is about the temperature of the place they're from. Right. Where they would put put things in the food to help preserve it. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's like we need something in here to help set this off. Yeah, because like, it's got to last more than It's got to last. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so away you go. Yeah. But, um, but no, I found, uh, I found the food in New Brunswick, too. It was like I was craving, I was craving uh, something light. Right. And... Going to a restaurant and finding something light. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans, New Orleans is like that too. Yeah, like Becky on the last day, she's like, "I just need a salad." Yeah, because they even deep fry the vegetables here. Well, and of course, yeah, the Cajun culture, yeah, comes from New Brunswick. Right. Well, Nova it, Scotia for sure. Well, both, yeah. yeah, and because it was when the English drove out the Acadians, yeah, 
and the word Acadian became Cajun. Cajun. Yeah. And right. then, but then you got Creole as well down there. Yeah. Yeah. And Creole is like a different thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And like in uh, New Brunswick. But again, heavy food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in New Brunswick, they have, it's like there's the Acadian French and then there's Chediac. Oh, yeah. Which is like more like a pigeon. It's like a mix of French and English. Okay. That. Uh, so I, I, I speak neither. Yeah. You know what, man? Like <laughs> English I, nor French. I find Acadian French I can understand. Me too. But um, Shadiac is a whole different, yeah. different. It's like Quebecois, yeah. Where it's like it's a more, lot yeah. of slang, a yeah. lot of like mixing of, you know, like little things thrown in there, and uh, yes, and yeah, but uh, but fun. Yeah, yes. My neighbor's know? Acadian, and yeah, I, I cannot, I can catch a few things, and I'm not good with language. Being dyslexic, and that part of my brain doesn't. Yeah, doesn't. But work. Uh, Cajun as well. I watch a few shows where there's the people there on it are very Cajun and I'm watching it and Becky's like what the fuck are they they're not speaking English I'm like they are but it's kind of kind of a Franglish with they, the, yeah yeah they toss a little yeah. bit of this or that in there the but one the that, accents are so thick and yeah well the ones that get me with that stuff is like my my family on both sides mm -hmm. had Cockney accents right and um, the Cockney accent is a doozy yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. my like you talk to my dad and you don't hear it, but my dad was in sales. Okay. And he worked on getting rid of on it. getting rid of it. So yeah. he would be more understandable. My uncle Keith was a hairdresser. Okay. So he never bothered because right. having a Cockney accent, being a hairdresser actually is it's, a little bit of a bonus. Yes. Right. So. Yeah. But um, we'll be watching movies. Right. From London or whatever. And uh, people will be talking and Sarah's like, I need. I need subtitles <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, he just said this and this right. and he said that and like, but it's like the weird rhyming backslang and shit. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. it makes no sense. Yes. You know, you, you have to get your brain onto it to figure it out. I want to travel that, that country. Oh, me too. It's like, well, it's like you can go from Newfoundland all the way down to uh, South Carolina or right even down to Florida northern florida yeah and you can hear the irish accent change and i can catch it i've, I've, oh, yeah. I've actually got but the australia new zealand and south african accent i could pick out because i spent some time around in australia hanging out with kiwis and south africans and aussies i would love to go to the uk and hit it all because i know the english accent changes oh i mean every 400 feet <laughs> oh. right because i want to yeah. know the difference between liverpool and manchester and because well, my I mean, brain loves i'm a mockingbird i might i might not understand language but i love sound well and the, and the north to south thing yeah and then you've got wales yeah scotland Ireland. Ireland, yeah, Northern right? Ireland. Oh, Southern then you get I yeah. into the Isle of Man and all the like yeah. little islands that are off, which yeah. is like wet leg. Yeah, right. Which, I want to. I want to hear it all. Oh my god. Yeah. And I heard an Irish person say once, uh, they just made a reference to like, it took the Irish to make English beautiful and lyrical. Right. And They're it took like, India to make the food taste good. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yes. Although good fish and chips. You yes. know what I think is so funny is like the national dish of England for the last while has been kebabs. <laughs> because everybody there eats it. I get it. Yeah. And yeah. before that it was curry. Yeah. Yeah. 
And before you that, know, it was nothing. And before that, it was boiled cabbage. Yes. We were, okay, so <laughs> there, the, the influence of that right. is really evident in the East Coast because people do like... A, 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 a boil? They do the boils. Yeah. And there's all sorts of different names to them. Yeah. Look them up. Every region has a, yeah. a name. But it's basically a bunch of shit in a pot that you boil. And, and sometimes it's just salted pork and, and cabbage. 100%. Yeah. And so my grandmother used to hit that move. But my grandmother, of course, right. is like an Irish gypsy Jew. Right. You know, so born in Cork, mm-hmm. of gypsy origin, moved to London and grew up in East London right. as like a, a young woman. Right. And then, of course, had the privilege of being in East London during... The Blitz. Yeah. Right. So I mean, she was she was tough. Yeah. And she she never ate a potato. Really? She told everyone in our family that she was allergic to potatoes. Right. But she wasn't. She just didn't like them. She just refused to eat a potato because she ate so many potatoes. Yeah, I get that. During the war and like in Ireland, and she's just like, I'm never eating fucking potato again. So rice my grandmother only ate rice nice yeah because she's like no no potatoes okay and um but she would take a cabbage carrots sometimes parsnips right and like a ham Mm -hmm. one of those big salt buggers that you have to actually rinse and soak yeah to get all the salt out of it right and she would first she would boil the ham Mm mm-hmm and then she would take the cabbage, carrots, and parsnips and throw them in the ham water yep. and boil all of that stuff. Yep. And then she'd strain it and mash that into a, a questionably colored, <laughs> right. slightly orangish gray thing. Right. And then serve that with the, the boiled ham. Okay. And that is not delicious. I See, I've had it without them, them being mashed up. Yeah, even yeah. still. It it I liked it, my, well, but well, you had your your you also had like Becky and her buddy Chad went to Moncton years ago for some conference and they were staying with some people that had lived here. Yeah, and they had Sunday dinner, which was a Sunday boil. So yeah, salt pork, cabbage, carrots, all all that stuff, and lots of beer. Yeah, right. And it, if you know if it's done properly, it can be tasty, but. These people are from Alberta, originally living in the Yukon. Their bellies didn't handle it. So at the flag ceremony the next day, boom, almost. (laughs) So the thing with my grandmother was you didn't hear me mention seasoning. Oh, no. You have to season that. The only seasoning in that was was the salt from the pork. Yeah. That was it. So your pork tasted like salty pork. Yes. Yeah, so, so did your mash. And your mash tasted like salty pork. Yeah. And my grandmother, like, she believed that all vegetables right. needed to be Boiled destroyed. Yeah. Like, you just needed, there could be no fiber right. left in those. And they had or, to be Or rushed. nutrients or vitamins. Yeah. Oh, my God. It had to go into the water and be poured down the sink. And, yeah, and, like, no matter what it was. Yeah. Like... I don't know. There was a whole, like, uh, my mother-in-law has gotten over that, but still, sometimes. Like, I'm like, I roast stuff, and they're just like, why are the carrots hard? Oh, because uh, t- you have still have teeth. That's why. Yeah, because it's actually better if it has a, like yeah. a little al dente. Yeah. 
and it's roasted, so you're going to get the nutrient. Oh, no. Yeah. Boil it until it's mush. Boil it till it dies. Yeah. My So I came up for, and I mean, this is one of the weird things about those meals. Right. Is I came out to visit one year, and this was a long time ago. And I was flying up. My mom said, what do you want for dinner when you get here? Right. And I said, spaghetti. Okay. Right. Now, let me describe to you this spaghetti. Okay. So my mom never understood the need to cut things to a similar size. (laughs) Right. So when she cut and she put celery. Right. In spaghetti always. Yeah. And, um. But every single piece of celery you had in there ranged from about an inch and a half Mm -hmm. to able to see through. Millimeters. Yeah, like just paper thin. Right. Right. So, and it was all variations in between those things, which means no two pieces were alike. No. And they cook different. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then the onion was the same. Uh There was onion in there. And the onion, except I will say, there was no piece of onion that was less than a quarter inch. Okay. Right. So that it was like chunky onion. It was chunky, big chunks of onion. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then kind of not much else, right? Like right. it was, and very little seasoning, just like. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, like it never heard about pepper. Or oregano or basil. Yeah. Like, and I what? mean, if there was seasoning, it usually came because it was in the can of whatever she had poured in there. Right. Be, it was in this pre-made yeah, sauce. Yeah. Like yep. if it was a pre-made sauce, but if it was just can of like stewed tomatoes. Yeah. Mm, yeah and those stewed tomatoes were not bashed up no some of them were just whole some of them were not like inconsistency right is the key to this dish okay good to know noted Um, yeah and then she would put the pasta in the water right and i have tried to replicate this right and i can't and i tried to replicate it because let's be clear Mm -hmm. i found it delightful okay but it was um somewhere in there there was the magic noodle right that was actually like 20 noodles welded together. Oh, yes. The clump. You know, the clump noodle? Yeah. And like sometimes the end would be a bit frayed. That's yeah. when it was good because yeah. it was more cooked, right? Yeah. But uh, you always kind of wanted to get the clump. And if you would get a clump that was like three or four noodles, you're like, eh. you felt like a bit ripped off. Yeah. You needed that inch and a half clump. Yep. I know how to get that. How? Okay, so you take all the pasta yeah. and you just place it in the pot and lean it against the side. And don't separate it. Just let the water do its shit. And then when you notice it again, five, ten minutes later, then you try to separate it. But the that chunk in the middle is never coming apart. See, now, now I'm going to try it because yeah. I missed that chunk. Okay. Yeah, right? So, you know, that was what I expected. Yes. I expected inconsistency in the sauce. Yeah. Where you really don't know what you're getting other than like a variety of vegetables of different consistency. Yeah. And possibly some sauce. Okay. And then uh, noodles welded together. Yeah. Into rope. Yes. And then that's, so when I asked for spaghetti. Yeah. That's what I asked for. Okay. Because I grew up with it. It is like at that time I was working in. Fancy restaurants. Right. Like I was working in a yeah. restaurant down on Stanley Park. Right. We were we were cooking for celebrities. Right. You would not see a fucking noodle come <laughs> out of that place. Well, you know how you have to tend to your noodles. Yeah. Yeah. What the the trick is is ignore them like they're an afterthought. Yeah. No. See, and we yeah. we we did like a variety of dried and handmade pasta. A lot of people 
think that handmade pasta, fresh pasta, is better. No. Incorrect. The Italians don't even do it, they, typically. They do it for ravioli. Yeah. They do it for certain noodles. They don't do spaghetti that way. Never spaghetti. No. Maybe a linguine, but that's more of a that's more of a here thing. It is maybe you know? maybe a lasagna. Maybe noodle. a lasagna, but even then, but rare. You get better consistency. Yeah, and texture. And texture from a dried noodle. So and, yeah, and they'll some do the do people in Italy make fresh pasta? Absolutely. Sure. But then they dry it. Mm. Yeah. But also too, I mean, you make fresh pasta based on the dish you're making. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I had this expectation of like. A certain kind of thing that I'd grown up with that right. was a nostalgia food. Yes. Like a boiled Com- dinner. Comfort food. Comfort food. Yeah. And uh, when I got there, my mom had been trying to step her cooking game up. Right. So she had stirred the noodles. Oh, no. She'd even added salt to the water. Okay. And a little bit of oil. Okay. And then she made the sauce, but she like, uh, bought like, Italian sausage meat. Okay. And like, you know what I mean? And I was just like, what happened? And now here's the thing. Right. It was a better spaghetti. Yes. It was not what you what I wanted. <laughs> it was what I wanted. You know, <laughs> and that's a weird thing. Where uh, I was just right. like, huh. Yeah. What I wanted was not good. Right. But I still wanted it. Yeah. Well, Becky has a lot of those. I'm sure she, I'm trying to think of my comfort food. She hates my, one of my comfort foods is mushroom soup with mm. a whole sleeve of crackers in it and a shit ton of black pepper. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, gross. Look, man, you boil pork chops in a in can a of mushroom soup. Yeah. Pour that on rice. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want some fancy no. cut of pork either. No, I want this Thin fry. Yeah, thin with like a bone in it and yeah. a huge ass chunk of fat on the yes. side. Yes. You know? Yes. And then boil that up, throw that on some rice, we're good. Exactly. You know, like I'm into that all right. day. Yeah. Right? But I mean, yeah. you Be- have to have had that. You have to have grown up with it. And Becky's is very specific, her, her comfort foods. Like it's a tuna casserole the way her mom's mom did it, like her grandmother. Yeah. So I had to learn how to do that. You have to cut the onions in a certain way, and it's a certain layer. You have to use a certain pea. And then, of course, it has to be American uh, peel cheese on top. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. And I'm have an egg noodle, you know, just a certain kind. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's a comfort food that she loves, but I keep telling her, you need to quit calling it Italian food. I will make it for you because it's a comfort food, but it's insulting to Italians. <laughs> And it's her great grandmother, who I guess was British, like uppity British. Yeah. She called it Little Italy casserole. Little Italy casserole. Okay. It's Is ri- it racist? Well, <laughs> possibly. If Now that I'm going to tell you the recipe, it is. I'm yes. excited about this. Okay, so an onion, white or yellow. Nice. Mince it up. Fry it. Garlic. Perfect. Good. Right? I might have added the so, garlic. I might so have added far, so good. I might have added the garlic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Then you brown off some ro- uh, like ground beef. I like where we're going right? so far. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, this is not bad at all. And then you dump in four cans of spaghettios and one can of corn. <laughs> Mix that all up. That's Italian food. <laughs> 
Good it is God, gone. no. <laughs> right. And again, like, I think I think I added the garlic. That is <laughs> fucked up. Well, it's really actually quite tasty the but first time look, you eat it. I'm sure it's fine. But it's a quit calling it Italian food. You can call it. I don't know, your pasta casserole your grandmother made. Yeah, yeah. Don't even call it Little Italy casserole. I'm, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not here to shit on Chef Boyardee. No. Alphagetti's, any of that at all. Right. Not at all. Right. Because, like, it has its time and place. Yeah. And I got, I I am got a Chef huge, Boyardee. I am a huge, huge right? fan of embellishing dishes. Yeah. Like, every single person that you've ever met right. can tell you the way that they cook package ramen yes and what they add to it yes the same thing with kd yeah the same thing with everything it's i think like, i'm the only person that puts soy sauce on craft dinner you're an animal my dad did it and i love it's amazing it's so much saltier you are <laughs> possibly a philistine it could be um no but that's what i mean like we all have those things and yeah. so like uh i have a friend that used to just take chef boridi ravioli right Add a little extra beef to it, cover it with cheese, and bake it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I remember when we were in uh, high school, and I Clarissa, Clarissa Cook, mm. Itchy Band Noodles. Oh, my God, I don't know what she did with them, but she took it from a packaged square to a gourmet meal. I've never had noodles done so well. You know, again, I don't know if her dad taught her. He's a, he's a he's a cook. He's a chef. But whatever she did, I was just like, "Fuck, this is amazing." Look, I don't know if I mentioned this right on a before, but uh, Clarissa's sister, Renice, uh, Renice, yeah, yeah, we've always been we've always been good friends, and um, and I chat with Renice like quite a bit, nice. and uh, so she what like was putting po- putting posts up on. Um, Instagram. Yeah. And Renice can cook. Okay. Like yeah. Renice has always it, been able to it cook. It could have been Renice's recipe. I can't remember. I just w- remember Clarissa invited me over. It wouldn't surprise me if right? that was Clarissa's recipe because I bet you if you talk to Desta, Desk it could could Do probably it. fucking cook as well. Right. And like I remember okay. I'm gonna sidetrack my own story for a second here. Okay. Base so I will come back to this other thing. Right. But she put up a post of Greek food. Now, if you remember the Parthenon. Yes. Right? So, like, Cody's family was there. The Cook sisters worked there on and on. Yeah. So when they start talking about Saiganaki, Mm -hmm. you listen. Yeah. When they mention what kind of cheese they're getting to fry. You listen. You listen. Yeah. Because, like, that Saiganaki, and if anyone doesn't know what Saiganaki is, find out yes and put lemon on it don't be an don't be a monster right so but she had some cheese out and it was doric okay and it was a doric feta i asked her about it she's like it's this you need to find some they have it at save on <gasps> it's a fucking game changer nice it's a game changer so doric feta doric d-o-r-i-c i'll send you a picture of it absolutely and it's greek yeah and because it's, i mean i my buddy george maratos <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was right. I, you know, we still fight about uh, olive oil, but Greek feta—that's it'll change your life. I'll send you. Um, I'll send you the picture, but it was so good. Okay. Okay. Sidebar. Right. 
to the sidebar. My cousin Daryl and I yes. were living in a little shack. Right. It was an old army housing down on like 8th and Black. Okay. Give or take. Yes. It was right on the corner. But it was one of those places where there was a wood stove. Yeah. That had been converted into an oil monitor. Right. That was in the middle of the house. Okay. And every single floor sloped away from I that. I think I was there. You, oh, I imagine you were. Yeah. Like we threw a million parties. Yeah. Yes. And uh, no, well, you know what? I actually know you were there right. because I remember mm-hmm. <laughs> walking up the street with you because we were going to pick something up and we were smoking a lot of cigarettes <laughs> and laughing about something. Yeah, that sounds like us. You were wearing like... Um, Holy fuck, it, your memory's good. It was like a, a black and brown kind of mottled looking jacket. Yes, I had an old bomber. That's what it, it was. It was quite, that bomber. It didn't quite fit me. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So. Yep, that's it. We were um, we were there one day. We didn't have a lot on the go. Right. And, uh, you know, we were. I was like... At Emily Carr at the time, I was up for the summer. I was just working for the summer and doing my thing. Yeah. I was working at the uh, Taku. Nice. And um, which I thought was su- super hilarious. I have a million funny stories about that place. But uh, so we decided in our infinite wisdom to do acid. Okay. Because, you know, it's like. It was the age. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. We're off work. We had nothing to do. Right. So, you know, we were noodling around like there. Well, Okay. Daryl was very, very proficiently playing beautiful guitar. Yes. While I accompanied him in a very noodly, <laughs> embarrassing fashion on the bass. Nice. And we were doing that. And we were high as fuck. Yes. Right? Like, and we had been running around the top of the clay cliffs and all that. Yeah. Well, Renice phones, okay. and this is landline times. Yeah. Right? Renice phones and says... Hey, I'm on my way to pick you guys up. I just wanted to make sure you were ready. <laughs> and I said, ready for what? Of course you did. And she said, dinner. Remember I made dinner mm-hmm. and you're, you're coming over tonight. And I was like, oh, yes, of course. Is it that time already? Right. I just was unaware. Right. And then I hung up the phone and was like, Daryl. <laughs> we fucked up. We fucked up. <laughs> so we show up at Renice's house. Right. And she's picked us up. Right. And mm-hmm. we have not mentioned <laughs> how high we are. Right. Until <laughs> it all fell apart in the middle of dinner. Ah. Where this dinner hits the table and there's quite a few people there. Right. Yeah, and, it's not uh, just the three of you. Oh, no. And we're losing it. Like there was this this friend of Renice's that was there that had this uh, beagle. Right. And uh, <laughs> was like... Like at the dinner party? Yeah. And we were in the living room waiting for dinner to hit the table. And I could see Daryl starting to like already lose it. Right. Oh, yeah. Where he's staring at, at this woman as she's explaining to us how you can really tell if a dog trusts you, if it'll let you fondle its balls. What interesting dinner. So people. she was fondling the dog's balls to demonstrate this to us. And I just thought Daryl. I think I'd want to only see that on acid. Oh my God. Daryl was just leaning back farther and farther in his chair. <laughs> right. And his eyes were getting wider and wider. Right. And I was like, 
keep it together. Right. Keep it together. Oh, so then we go. We I sit, wish I was there and knew you guys were hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> then we sat down at dinner and it's like Cornish game hen. Right. Oh, she's put effort in. Glazed with fresh berries. Oh, my goodness. That she's picked. Yes. Angel hair pasta. On, you know, it was a beautiful dinner, like yeah. steamed vegetables with dill and lemon and yes. blah, blah, blah. Right? Beautiful. Yeah. Like it was a beautiful dinner. <laughs> but it's a whole Cornish game hen and it has a raspberry glaze on it or a, a berry glaze that is like kind of reminiscent of blood. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that was, and then Daryl cracked. <laughs> he fucking cracked. Yeah. He started to cry. <laughs> he was crying and like, looking at it and saying like can't you just see it walking <laughs> and then he picked it up and he started walking it around his plate and he's like how could we you know and he was it was Holy a fuck. fucking mess and uh and i was like of course being thank you for having us over for dinner this is this is wonderful uh did you you know like yeah oh, like i'm not, trying to not come across damp. as cool except i'm yeah everyone's looking at me going what happened to you yeah like daryl being a weirdo was more <laughs> consistent and okay whereas me they're like what's wrong <laughs> right did you hit your head yeah, yeah and then i finally was just like okay daryl and i forgot that there was dinner tonight and we got really high on acid <laughs> and we're super fucked up right now and you guys are all freaking me out <laughs> Oh, you know? I wish I had been there. Oh, and then Daryl just fucking lost it. And <laughs> and Renice was fucking mad. I can imagine. It was mad. Actually, I'm glad I'm not there because I would have taken acid with you. Oh, we yeah. ended up going over to a weird construction site where they're putting up Sangana building. And right. somehow Renice banged her head on scaffolding, which we should not have been climbing. No, on. of course. But she banged her head on the scaffolding right. and knocked her... Uh, like fake tooth out oh no and that was it for yeah. me for the rest of the night i couldn't even look at her because every time she would laugh or smile which right. renice laughs Does, and smiles yeah. right yeah. like big fucking tooth missing right in the front <laughs> and it just floored me every yeah. time oh yeah and you don't need someone acid laughing at you no because that is a deep long laugh it that is. gets like hysterical right that it seems endless yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. But I mean, so that's... Uh, that was the side, second sidebar. That's the second sidebar. That's yeah. a dinner I ruined with Renice. There you go. Well, or yeah, Daryl yes. and I both ruined, I guess. But it was... Uh, I don't know. Dog ball fondling might have ruined it for me. The dog ball fondling thing was like, rough. Like what? I remember... Oh, like I was always pretty fucked up at parties. I remember um, somebody jerking their dog off at one of their parties. And I'm just like, Dude. you know what? I'm out. People. If you fuck with your pets in weird ways, fuck people you. People get fucking weird with that shit, but every single dog show. Right. They check the balls. Well, they to make sure they have them. To make sure they're real, too. Yeah. But they're not in there, like, sniffing them or petting them. Like, it's just like, yep, they got them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, like. I don't know. If you, have, you talk to anyone that owns horses. Right. They jerk those horses off. Yeah, for money. Yeah, they jerk off bulls. They jerk weird. off horses. Yeah, but don't jerk your dog off. I'm sorry. Like, uh, well, I mean, eventually, I I just know that it it's going to expect well, from to, me, and I'm not going to do it. Is my question right? Right to what end? Right. If you're jerking off a horse, but you're jerking it off so that the horse doesn't attack other animals, yeah, because they get psychotic, yeah, 
and you're using it for a breeding program. Right. And that's part of how you make your money. Yeah. Okay. okay. I guess, yeah. you know, like still questionable, right. but okay. But if you're like a 14 year old boy trying to impress your party guests. Why are you? Yeah. Like, right. You're just making your dog angry. To, well, not at the moment. <laughs> well, but I mean, to what end? Yeah. That's my thing is like, you're a 14 year old boy jerking off your dog. Yeah. I like stop doing things that fill me with questions. Right. I'm so full of questions yeah. that now can't be answered. Right. Weird kid. Right. Like I'm never petting your dog and I'm never, I don't want to hang out with you no more. How did that start? Yeah. And why is everybody else in the room like seeming to enjoy it? Or is that just where we are socially or, like, <laughs> or like, or are they freaking out like I am? Well, let me throw this at you. Like, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize ab uh, about both of us right. is that you and I are actually kind of uptight about some shit. <laughs> we totally I mean, are. if you listen to this podcast, you're going to know yeah. that we get pretty uptight. Right. And so, I mean, a little prudish about some shit. Yeah, so other yeah. people are like, oh, look at that kid, Derek Navis dog. Right. <laughs> it's oh. harmless. Whereas but I'm just like, what, about what are the psychological ramifications of what that, you're fucking doing right, right not, now? Not just for you. I can imagine what, what it is for the dog? human. But I'm worried about your fucking dog. Yeah. Like, right? And which one of you is now emotionally damaged more? Exactly. And now is your dog going to start pumping people's legs or fucking red rocketing you know, around your parents? And then they're like, well, we can't have a dog that does this. So now they put the dog to sleep. Fuck you. Jerk yourself off. Not at the party. Leave your dog alone. Seriously, though. Yeah. And like, and he, and yeah, like, how did that start? Right. I don't know. And what, where was what that? What was the impulse? Yeah. You, right. You're just your dog, dog is popping a fucking heart on. You're like, let me handle that for you. Right. Or, you know, and then my brain goes like, were you abused? Did somebody do this to you? And you were just like, this is what we do to, I'm a male. This is a male. Or I don't know. And, and then there's a part of me that at 14 doesn't fucking want to know. At 50, I'm curious, but I can't ask this person they've passed, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's also lots of shit too, where like, um, I've heard people talk about crazy shit they've done with their dogs while their dog or cat actually is in heat. What? Because they get crazy. They do. They That's get crazy. The, they're hormonally fucked. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're like a, as, as teenagers. They or, can't control themselves. No. Yeah. Or me now in fucking menopause, perimenopause, wherever the fuck I am, I don't know. Where everybody's like, oh, you slowly die and your period just trickles off. You know what? No, you. I think you go through a reverse fucking uh, adolescence. Yeah, Sarah's yeah. having some moments. Your hormones are fucking crazy. Your oh, yeah. period's like, I hate you and you're going to learn to hate me for life. And yeah, you're going to be grateful when I'm gone. Oh, of look. course you are. Yeah. Here's the thing. But I don't go around jerking off fucking dogs. There's finally a moment that has hit now. Yeah. Where for the first time in our entire relationship. Okay. My libido. Right. Is being exceeded by Sarah's. Oh. It's new. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I guess. Or Except now I'm old. You have to you reinforce your furniture. <laughs> Well, right. This is this is one of those situations. Are you calling us fat, you bastard? No, I was but, like, uh, yeah, I was calling you adventurous. I mean, we are fat, but still. No, but if it's exceeding, because I've heard about your libido from you. Oh yeah, it's and a if it's exceeding, thing. I'm like, that is that kitchen table going to be able to handle it's, 15, 16 times a day? Well, I find that my libido in the last year or so has started to really wane. Okay, mine too. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and like, this is the first time, like I've joked around about this before, but this is the first time I've been like, I actually need to step up here. Right. I got to like, I got to step up. Right. And I'm like, what? When, when Who am I? Right. Why is this new? Oh my God. The right? existential fucking crisis I'm in. But, um. <laughs> Like, did I, what did I, how did I break my libido? Oh like, my where God. is it in my body? And can I have it stitched back together? Well, now. Does it have to be welded? Is there drugs I can take for it? Not me. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you had fun and maybe even learned something. The Horse is brought to you by Molotov and Brick Tattoos and J.L. Hamilton Productions. Until next time, remember to be kind to yourself and to others. This was a Brain Freeze podcast.